to Cinebabble episode 53. I am your host, Ken. And as always, my cocooned caterpillar of the co-host, Clint. Clint, you're about to spring into a butterfly. Tell the world hello. Hi, world. I'm emerging from my uh, chrysalis. It's beautiful. I'm going to flap my beautiful wings. I expected more color. Uh, yeah, but, I'm um, kind of a doll moth. Not <laughs> doll, a barn moth. Yeah, yeah. It's one that like goes towards the light, and you're not yeah. really sad about it. And no, I'm zapped. Hey, uh, my son right now. He's 17. He's grown up. He is in Oklahoma City out yeah. visiting a friend, and uh, you know it's it's good to do that when you're 17. And and he really went out there. I think thinking he was going to be an adult. Um, that's been cute. Do you do you remember <laughs> like what age were you? Not when you first did adult things, but when you finally realized I I'm an adult now. That's weird. When did that happen? I don't know if it's happened yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the chrysalis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clint is um, still might, a child. Yeah, I might emerge and um <laughs> My only thing I can I, – I, similar to what you were telling me about him and his trip, mm-hmm. I uh, I took a trip to New York with friends of mine. And this was probably my first big trip, like, mm-hmm. away. And these were new friends and realizing they did not plan well for this trip. <laughs> and it was uh, a weekend of sleeping in a car on the streets, wandering the streets. In New York? In New York. Wow. I've never been to New York ever in this. It was the most uh, – it was a very um, eye-opening experience. I it, it was a, an adventure and – I enjoyed it, but it was very stressful. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like somebody wanted your first trip to New York to look like a Martin Scorsese film or something. Oh, it was. It's as close as you can get, <laughs> probably. Streets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Clint. Well, uh, we are not in Oklahoma. We are in Maryland. And we've had uh, you know, a couple of things to do, but nothing better to do than watch some things. Clint, what you been watching about? Well, Ken... I've been watching, you know, things, some things, interesting stuff. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Content. This is very anticlimactic <laughs> unless you've got something really to boom. Um, well, the first thing I watched was a movie called X oh. that, that was recently uh-huh. in, in theaters. And I think it still is, maybe. Yeah. Um, it was directed by Ty West. Mm-hmm. He did uh, House of the Devil, which I really like that movie. Um uh, is you had me watch that, didn't you? I think that we've rings talked a bell. about it. I don't know if you ever did. I I'm almost positive I did. Uh, sorry to go off of X, but what's no, the fine. plot on that one? That's the a um, like very 80s throwback where the girl's going to babysit. She's like watching uh, the older woman at the house. Yeah, yeah. Be, yes, no. I I definitely yeah. watched that. And then that like some good. cult shenanigans mm-hmm. take place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one's really good. Um. I would have never pegged this as the same director. Yeah, and he okay. did uh, another one called like The Innkeepers, and okay. um, he's done a bunch of stuff. Okay. Well, anyway, what'd you what'd you think of X? Um, well, a short premise of of this movie X is this group of filmmakers are going to do a film. They rented like a cabin on this farm property, and they're going to shoot a porno. In, this is set in the 70s, so it's just like straight up like uh, um, X-rated movie, like like classic 70s. That's what they're making. This isn't an X-rated movie, no, though, no, correct? No. Okay. Classic, <laughs> like, like Clint, a classic X-rated movie uh, meets like classic like throwback horror film. Gotcha. Um, and so they're going to make this, and then you know creepy stuff starts happening with the people who own the property. 
Um, I did not care for this movie very much at all. <laughs> <laughs> what, what didn't you? What, um, what didn't do it for you? It. Because I had I had read uh, pretty pretty good solid reviews for this thing. It's got that like a 90, 90 some percent on yeah. Rotten Tomatoes currently. Um, what I didn't like is it always it kept setting up like it was going to get really weird mm-hmm. and strange and kind of push the um, like boundaries of like because they're playing a lot with sexuality in it because in the gay male gaze and all kinds of things like that because it's set during in this porno set um and it's never really explicit like that explicit even though it could be it's i mean it's a porno set it's it's pretty tasteful in what it does in that regards like i wouldn't say it's overly explicit um but every time it started to go really weird with what was happening with the um people who own the residence because they're an older couple it's an older couple very old um and very old. Very old. They're, well, they look like they're melting. They're melting people. <laughs> they're one foot from stepping into that grave. Okay. Um, they it never completely commits. I feel like I feel like it starts to and like it every time it does. I think of five different things they could have done that was more like shocking and bizarre. And it's already set up this like kind of circumstances where it could be very shocking. So just like too much of a throwback and not enough of a kind of reinvention or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I I would agree with that. I mean, like House of the Devil was super Mm throwbacky, but there's a level of commitment to it that I really appreciate. And there is with this too. And I, I wouldn't say this is, I didn't not enjoy some aspects of it. I think there were some really amazing like cinematography shot like shots and stuff going on that really kind of creeped me out but overall i just was i did not connect with this one well and house of the devil looked like a throwback and felt like a throwback but in the way it was paced and and the just how much it just took its sweet time Mm -hmm. that felt much more modern and it felt much more you know we're we're using the trappings of of classic horror films to create something new and this does that too like it's mm. the an hour in before they even get into any kills or anything mm. which it does take its time i think and i appreciate it for that but like in that time i wasn't super interested by the characters okay. like doing like filming the porno or all all I could think when I've seen the trailers uh is um the the lead actor who I guess plays the producer or whatever he is just like man these people really wanted Matthew yep. McConaughey I thought the exact same thing the entire okay. time it was a low rent Matthew <laughs> McConaughey and I was like yeah. why okay I understand he probably wouldn't have done this yeah. but but I mean it the was the entire time I just thought okay. that okay. and then the whole movie like that yeah, because I the first time the trailer even rolled, I forget what it ran before at the theater. I was just like, "Is that Matthew?" Nope, that's not Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> All right. Well, I was distracted by that, and then the entire time I'm like, "Who is this guy?" Then, like, because I I was like, not willing to look him up, but I was like trying to place him. Like, I thought he gotcha. was the, one of the guys from Nip Tuck at one point, mm. but it's like, nope, it's not that guy. And um, so I, I forgot yeah. that show existed. <laughs> Wow. All right. Yeah, that's a, that's an oldie, but a goodie. All right. Um, so the next thing I've been watching is um, this new HBO Max 
series that's been going on, which is called Tokyo Vice. Ah, this is the one produced by, and and I think the first episode directed by Michael Mann. I know he directed the first episode. I don't know how much more he has in in involvement other than that. Um, But it's about this journalist in um, Tokyo, and he starts working for this paper, and he wants to get in with the um, the vice squad and start really, like, investigating, like, the Yakuza. And it's just about his journey, and it's set in the 90s, so it's very, like, neon-drenched, and um, it takes its time really well. It, to me, it feels like The Wire, but hmm. set in the 90s okay. and in Tokyo. And it's, it's uh, what's his uh, baby from Baby Driver? Yep. Ansel Elgort. Okay. And uh, it's got Rachel Keller from Legend Mm -hmm. and then uh, Ken Watanabe from Last Samurai Inception and numerous other things. Yeah, I definitely have it on my list. I'm looking forward to watching it. Uh, Speaking of HBO Max, did you happen to to give Batman a second shot? Oh, (laughs) yes. Uh, Jenny and I, we watched it Mm -hmm. on Saturday again. She had never seen it, so I wanted Mm -hmm. to show it to her. And that was like pulling teeth because she she considers anything over an hour a uh, too long. (laughs) It's it's a legit three-hour movie, (laughs) too. Yeah, she called it homework. (laughs) No, but she enjoyed it. She did enjoy it. She was just ribbing me. But, um, yeah, she really liked it, and it was fun watching it again. Mm-hmm. Um, this time, it did feel kind of long, and I think that might have just been me being very aware of her experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think if I was just watching it by myself, I may not have had that feeling, but I thoroughly enjoyed it again, mm-hmm. and the moments that hit me really hard the first time still hit me this time, mm-hmm. and it was fun just kind of not having to take in the mystery as mm-hmm. much and just being able to watch everything around the edges and the performances and stuff. So that was cool. It was strange. I ran into something. Uh, watching it on HBO Max wasn't my second time. It was my third, I think. Yeah. Maybe fourth. But um, I that's the first time my my main kind of TV is really well calibrated yeah. um, to kind of get as much of a, a theater vibe as possible. Still a brighter image, but just um, – you know, as far as colors and and black levels and things like that, and I noticed with the HBO Max Batman, I it was it was much more colorful and bright. Mm, yeah, I actually had to knock it down a bit huh. to uh, to give me that theater feel. And I don't know if it was just my TV or it, it wasn't bad at all. It just um, maybe that's what was intended. I just suddenly felt like it was much more. Uh, I, I was able to see a little too much into the shadows, hmm. and and I liked that kind of oppressive feeling. Uh, in the theater, where it's not the it's it's not a, a dark movie in the sense that you can't see. It was just um, I just felt it was much more noirish in the theater oh. than when I watched it at home until I adjusted it. But it might have been your mine didn't have that okay. problem. And mine's I was curious. If it was old just mine. TV and I didn't, it didn't look okay. that farther um, okay. re- removed from the uh, theater experience. It was probably just some fancy setting trying to adjust to what it thought the, yeah, the picture was doing wrong. Maybe. Like, no, 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 no. It's, <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. Man, I love the look of that movie. Yeah. Just all the lighting choices and like the splashes of like uh, smeared like blurriness is, is yeah. so cool and such an interesting way to tell that story. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. But back to what I was talking about. Thanks for distracting me. Sorry. I, you said HBO Max and my... <laughs> My brain was immediately like, Batman, 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 
Um, well, I've only seen the first three episodes of Tokyo Vice so okay. far. So are I, they all up, or are they come out I, weekly? I think they've been weekly, and okay. it, every time I've looked, there's only been the three up. So maybe there was a little break in between releasing more. I think it's only seven episodes. Okay, but it's it's really good. I really enjoy the pacing of okay. it and the story, and um, it's it's a really interesting setting, especially for like an HBO Max. Um, series, which I, there aren't very many like foreign set um, shows, so yeah. it's really cool. I I, I recommend it tonight. Uh, and I I can't remember what it's called. Uh, you may know already, but uh, it should go up on HBO Max. It's the the follow up to The Wire. Uh, the the creator of The Wire mm-hmm. is doing another um, crime drama set in Baltimore. Oh, cool. and it's it's. I don't think it's it's an official sequel to The Wire yeah. would not surprise me at all just watching the trailer if in a you know future season you just see certain characters maybe pop up and overlap mm-hmm. or maybe he just doesn't care I, I can't remember if he did that because he had done um, oh what was it called uh, Homicide I think mm. which was a network show mm-hmm. before he did The Wire but I I don't remember The Wire ever like oh in a cameo from you know well, was that Sergeant that in Baltimore? yeah oh, they was? all are oh, okay um so I I don't know if this is an official follow up, but it it looks it looks different, but it still has that same kind of of tone of let's uh, kind of dramatize things that are actually happening mm. in a in a city like Baltimore, and so I'm I'm looking forward to watching that one. That's cool. Yeah, looking forward to seeing what's up with that. Um, the uh, next thing I watched was the second season of The Great on Hulu. The Great. We talked about the first season way back, uh, but this is created by Tony McNamara, who he co-wrote The Favorite. And oh, this okay. is uh, yep. yeah, the genre-bending uh, anti-historical ride through 18th century Russia, following the wildly comedic rise of Catherine the Nothing to Catherine the Great. And it's got uh, Al Fanning as Catherine and Nicholas mm-hmm. Holt as Peter. Um this show is really great. It's like such a perfect, like it's really funny and irreverent and like it doesn't, um, it plays with history in interesting ways. Like it's not like doing alternate history. It's just like telling, um, the story of kind of like this woman coming to power, Mm -hmm. um, during this, the 18th century in its own way. It feels like if you like the favorite, I think you would like this. Like it's got that definite um, that feel and that writing style to it. Yeah. Um, it's it's really funny and just them playing off each other um, is so great. Um, okay. I, I highly recommend it. It's really good. It's and it's another one that Jenny and I can watch together. She really enjoys it. And uh, so yeah, check it out. Okay. Yeah. What'd you be watching about? <laughs> What'd you watch? You can tell you just came from Morgan Clank because every now and then <laughs> you'll finish a sentence and you'll just sit there like. Yep, that sentence is finished. This is my time where like, I just oh, yeah, sit on the couch over. and watch YouTube for an hour <laughs> and then try to um, yep. recalibrate yep. my brain. No, nope, you're good. The <laughs> first thing I watched, I actually have to. I almost want to hug you for this recommendation, uh, but I watched Severance. Oh, yeah. And wow, what a fantastic show. Mm-hmm. Not at all what I was expecting, tonally, pacing. Uh, I, I thought it would be more of a dark comedy than it was. Yeah, but I loved exactly what it was. Oh yeah. Um, and this is this is the first time, probably in a long time, where I um, I, I remember the original seasons of Lost, mm-hmm. how I was completely captivated by the characters and the story, but also just really wanting to dig in and understand what was going on, but not in a way like Raised by Wolves, where I feel like it's it's being 
too vague. Mm-hmm. This was just the the perfect kind of vague. Yeah, yeah. And it it kind of peels back layer by layer and reveals just enough as it goes and ends on a note where it still leaves a lot of questions. And mm-hmm. man, that last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it just not at all what I was expecting. Such a great show. Yeah. Such great performances. And it it does this thing where it can swing from being really touching to really funny to really uh, upsetting, dark to, to really disturbing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's basically the plot. If you've noticed, I'm skipping explaining it because it's so hard to sum up without giving anything away. And you definitely want to go into this as blind as possible. But it's basically there's just this technology that's been created that there's a chip that can be planned in your brain that allows you to exist as two separate people, one during work hours and one off the clock. And your off the clock person does not have any memory of what happens at work. And your work self has no memory of what happens off the clock or or who you even are. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's almost like it's you, but you've created this version of you that is its own soul, its own entity, its own personality and memories. And it's it's still you, but mm-hmm. the way this show handles just that concept. Yeah, yeah. Even if it, you know, even skipping the mysteries and everything else it does, that concept alone, wow. Uh, and by the end of it, you were absolutely right. I want nothing more than to go back through this series because once you get, or once you get to the end of the first season, mm-hmm. It it puts things into such a specific light that I just wanted to go back to minute one, episode one, yeah, and just start unpacking it and watching it with the knowledge of what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, just fantastic. Yeah, I watched through it twice, and it was um, really rewarding. Just picking up on little details. I won't say it's like a complete like your whole perspective on it's changed, yeah. but it's just like little hints about certain characters come, like that are really interesting. And, and, it, and I got to really enjoy the humor of it a lot more the second time through, like it, it made me laugh even more the second mm-hmm. time. But honestly, my first time, like even before I started watching it, like I was like, Oh, that's kind of an interesting premise. Like I just didn't really see the like where it would go yeah. or like i thought it was like oh that's kind of fun like it could maybe be one episode of um black mirror yeah but the what they do with it and how it unfolds and how like uh, interesting the characters are mm-hmm. and their outside lives and inside lives how they are different from each other it, it definitely uh grabbed my imagination and attention and i i really really enjoyed it well and and they just so committed to the concept that they were coming up with kind of disturbing angles on the concept that I hadn't even thought of right. or I was just about to think of and they get to it first. Uh, and that was part of the pacing. It wasn't just kind of uh, the the momentum of the series, but it's when it gives you an answer. It's, it's almost always when you're right on the verge mm-hmm. of having that thought or asking the question that it's it's right there and it's ready for you. Right. I just um, like I didn't realize what effects like the ripple effects that that yep. would play out before watching it. Like yep. and so it's really interesting just seeing how yep. every part of your life and I love just the little details of how the outside world sees the uh technology and, and that the, and I the think is the most successful decision around that concept yeah. is that the world knows about it. It's not a secret facility. Yeah. yeah. People know that this is possible, and there's this huge cultural debate about whether it's ethical or not. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's exposition, but you're able to 
watch people have these real-time conversations about this thing, and it gives you, it sets you up with, uh, you know, moral and ethical questions Mm -hmm. about then what's going to happen in the episode you're watching. Right. Just genius move on yep. how they set that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Severance, I'm glad you liked it. That. I, I just couldn't get over it. Uh, the other thing I watched, I watched just last night. Don't have a lot to say, except <laughs> this is my uh, this is my absolute happy place. But Barry season three oh, okay. started back up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just 25 minutes an episode. Yeah. But man, I love this series. <laughs> and um, I, I'm not going to say much more than that. I, I want to get into the season proper before I really have much yeah. of an opinion. Other than just I smiled the whole time. <laughs> and the the albino gangster uh, just is possibly one of the most adorable characters that HBO has ever thrown well, on alopecia. the screen. Is it alopecia? I, I thought he was albino. I think he is alopecia. That's okay. why he's bald. Maybe he's both. Maybe. That's why he's bald. I, alopecia is – that makes way more sense. Yeah. Um, you know, which, excuse my ignorance on it, hasn't been in the news lately. <laughs> anyway, uh, I also watched the first two episodes of Better Call Saul season six. Me too. Uh, which you you caught up season I five did. and then jumped into yeah. the first two episodes. And I, I wish I could explain why Better Call Saul works so well for me to people that just don't dig it. Mm-hmm. Because it is a very uh, atypical, slow kind of pace. Yeah. And it's, it's very much a slow burn show. Uh, but it it's slow till it's not, mm-hmm. and it makes the moments where it explodes and things are suddenly coming to the forefront, coming to a head. It makes those things so much more impactful mm-hmm. because it takes its time, uh, and it's not taking its time with characters that aren't interesting. These are fascinating characters yep. that they they really kind of dig into, and and they let them be complex without mm-hmm. necessarily feeling the need to explain their motivations. And um, so it's it's off to a really good start. Yeah, I was very happy by the end of the the two episodes. So. Me too. I I love the pace of the show. I never even feel like it's slow to no. me because like I'm so in like involved with these characters lives at this point like i mean (laughs) better call like saul's been around since breaking bad so it just like it's been almost like it's been like 15 years of just enjoying this character and finding out more about him so i i I never feel the lull of that show i love it the lull the lull <laughs> uh, and Nacho spends, I would say, eighty-five percent of the first two episodes just sitting in a hotel room, staring out a window, <laughs> and somehow that is riveting. Mm-hmm. And the, the, Gilligan is such a well; he's in the writers' room, but um, Peter Peter Gould, okay, is the one I think who's the showrunner of Better Call Saul. Oh, really? Is that his name? Yeah, I mean, Vince Gilligan is still uh, definitely in the mix, but mm. it's it's his writing partner from. Breaking Bad, that's the actual showrunner. Oh, okay. I didn't uh, but anyway, they are such masters of of just setting up situations that produce sustained suspense. Mm-hmm. And it just, uh, man, nothing can be happening on the screen and simultaneously everything is happening. Yep. I just, I love that feeling. Uh, the other thing I watched, I watched this little movie called Ultrasound that you can find on Amazon Prime. It's kind of a high concept, low budget uh, thing hmm. that is uh, not successful. <laughs> it's the question attached well, to that. It, it just I I really the whole time you can see kind of the the low budget cracks mm. in, in everything, but it was it was good enough 
that I was, it's one of those movies where I was able to overlook some of those things, the little performance things or just little things that remind you something is, is low budget. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, I was really enjoying it because uh, it sets up a, a pretty big mystery in the center of it. The second it started answering what that mystery was, just lost me. Oh, okay. And that's where I was just like, we've, we've talked before about know your budget and build to your budget. Yeah. This one, it, it just didn't go ambitious enough. Oh, okay. And I thought of three or four things that, um, you know, it's not like you would need immense special effects or a big budget to do mm -hmm. that would have been much more satisfying for me. Hmm. Um, so, but uh, it's that's another one where I'm I'm having a hard time even thinking of how to explain it. It's it's similar to <laughs> Severance, where your main characters don't really have all the knowledge of what's happening around them or why they're in a situation that they sort of wake up into. Okay, and it's just them trying to piece together along with you watching it what the heck's going on. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, maybe I liked it a little more than I would have because it had that Severance vibe. But then maybe I stopped liking it more because it didn't it didn't have that level of payoff. I'm I'm not really sure. Okay. I'm not recommending this thing. Don't watch it. It just <laughs> you know if you're bored. It's, if you're it's bored. not. Every time I go to say it's not bad, yeah. my brain tells me, but but isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. It was you know. It's a movie. Uh, finally, it filled some time. Yeah. The last thing I watched uh, was a foreign film called You Won't Be Alone. Mm -hmm. And I, I texted you about this. I believe you watched it too. Yeah, I did. And uh, this is a, I want to say, a folklore adaptation of John Carpenter's The Thing. Um, but that way oversells it. Yeah, I don't even know if that's – I wouldn't <laughs> it, give it that much credit. It feels like it wants to be the thing. The The basic plot is there. there is a shapeshifter witch that basically uh, converts this very young child also into a shapeshifter. They have an argument and then the kind of whisper mom witch or whatever they call her. <laughs> She's off in the forest watching this girl Pepperoni monster. shapeshift into other people and take over their lives and sort of experience – life. Uh, I feel like you're missing a big part of this. Go ahead. So <laughs> I am. I know she, exactly what you're going to say. I'm just spoilers for this. Okay. So it's a little, right. that's, little, that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to skip. So okay. yes. Okay. Just, spoilers just some spoilers. Movie. If you want to see this movie, like I'm not going to, okay, this might be in the, I never watched the trailer for this. You handed this thing I off? I did not watch okay. the trailer either. I you, just had heard good buzz about you it. You handed this thing off to me and yep. you're like, here, check this one out. Without saying I liked it or I didn't like it, no, it's just like. But there was some. Watch this. I'm curious what you there think. There was some uh, kind of something in your voice saying I I like this movie because when I texted you, I was halfway through. But go on. No, we were at the movies and you you told me about this. Oh, that's true. And your face was like, I think I got a movie for you here, bud. All right. Well, that was not what I was intending. But go on. <laughs> so, the girl. Okay, this witch. <laughs> transforms this little girl into this, like, puts this curse on her, yeah, basically, yeah. to be a shape-shifting witch. Her mother hides her way in a cave for, like, 15 years, yeah. if Even not more. Even though she knows it's going to be, like, not until the girl turns 16 yeah. is this thing going to come for her. Yeah. But still she feels the need to hide her away from this witch for 16 years Yep. so that she turns this little girl into, like, a cave girl or something. Yeah, so... 
so she has no experience with the outside world, mm-hmm. like anything. Like she's just lived in this cave and she's had her mother as the only person she knows. And then she gets out into the world with this witch and she's given her full ability of to transform into anybody she wants. And the <laughs> cartoonish nature of her experiencing the wonders of life. It's like, it's, I was, I could not stop laughing at her, like in in bewilderment of like a butterfly or the leaves on a tree. And it's like Terrence Malick, like cosplay where it almost feels like it's making fun of Terrence Malick's style. Mm. And I, but in the middle of this, you're seeing a Terrence, like beautiful Terrence Malicky image, but then a pepperoni monster of a witch who was horribly burned uh, (laughs) early in her life mm-hmm. is pops up on screen all of a sudden it's like the worst v like effects you've seen on like a it's, it's not a great prosthetic <laughs> it's no. not it it looks even even when they did nightmare on elm street the original yeah uh which this is what that looks like it's trying to emulate but it's in bright but sunlight it's in bright sunlight <laughs> and so it very much looks like a 1980s style prosthetic mask. And on his too, they would like grease it up with stuff. So he looked like all shiny. Like this is doll um, uh, rubber appliances on this woman's face. Um, And man, I, you hear the movies I talk about and I love, I love a good art house film. Like I love, um, uh, what was the movie? Wolf, uh, Wolf House. Mm-hmm. Like that's like you. Somebody could definitely say that's just art, art crap. Yeah. But this is like so. This is art. Crap? This is art. Cr- no, I'm not gonna say it's art crap. <laughs> but it feels like it's an art house film that feels like it's dressing up as an art house film. Okay. Like it does. It's missing the mark on something for me. Okay. And I wish I had enjoyed it more than I did. Okay. I definitely <laughs> liked it more than that. Uh, I, I liked it more than that, even though everything you just said, I agree with you on, (laughs) I believe the twinkle in my eye that you saw is I really thought you would like this movie. Yeah. And so that was my, like, you know, I've got a movie for you kind of pitch. Cause I thought this would be one where what our recording would be was you telling me why, this movie is better than what I thought. <laughs> and instead, now I feel compelled to try to tell you why this movie is better than you thought. But I don't actually think this movie is better than what you're saying. I just think I I was more forgiving of it. I liked some of the elements of the of this uh, girl experiencing life anew through mm-hmm. the experiences of other people like mm-hmm. that was interesting like for her to kind of live again because she her life was kind of denied yeah. to her like that stuff was interesting but at the same time it didn't go into it at all other than like her bewilderment at the world mm-hmm. in this Terrence Malicky way where his m- movies have something to say and are doing it very intentionally to mm-hmm. make a point and in this I feel like it was not po- like getting at that in in an interesting way, like doing it in an interesting way? For me, the movie made two mistakes, kind of fundamental mistakes. One, that whole sequence at the beginning where mom hides her in a cave was a complete waste. Just have the witch take the baby and and raise the the little kid in isolation. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. two, uh the 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 witch early on does something to the the infant uh that you know cuts its vocal cords or tongue or I never yeah, really I think 
quite I, understood what I, she did. I thought it was she ripped her tongue out or something. But it didn't look like no, that. It yeah. just looked like a little nick. Mm-hmm. So it was very confusing. But essentially, the the girl never learns to talk. Uh, she's never able to speak. And I think that was a detriment because even if they had done that at first to progress to a place where she could start to have a voice, I think would have helped with that that bewilderment feel uh, where she's just always observing instead of commenting on. Right. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, by the end of it, I, I was full like, yeah, it was fine. It, it didn't offend me. Uh, but I can even <laughs> see by that, you're just like. It was so, like, there was just so many moments that were so laughable. Like, yeah. Nomi repaced, repaced. What's sure. She sure. is like listed as the main actress in oh, this yeah. movie. She's yeah. in this for like 10 minutes. Maybe 20 Maybe? Not on screen for 20. I just no. mean narratively she's in the story for about 20 minutes. She's just somebody that the the girl shifts into. Yeah. But for a time. I anytime it shifted to another person, man, like when they would have to take up that mantle of bewilderment at the like and like wonder at the world, mm-hmm. I I was laughing. I'm sitting there by myself, which this never really happens. I'm laughing at this. I thought the two young actresses in her third form that played that form that she kind of grows up in and stays in for a while. I thought they did much better with it. I found the guy unintentionally funny. Uh, Her and, no, and Nomi, no, see, I, I she didn't bother me. She bothered I, me. I was the still most. okay. It was it was the when she becomes the the boy or the male. Yeah, that was the one yeah. where he goes from just this kind of uh, you know strong farmhand to. Um, just something straight out of, of mice and men that needs to look at rabbits. It was just, it was such a flip. Yeah, that it was. It was almost silly. And some of the things with the relationship there yeah. was very strange. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a little icky. Little. Um, generally, even if you are approaching a girl that you're attracted to, if you look down and she has weird black claws, and one of those claws are jutting out of the center of her palm. I don't know. Maybe don't make out with her. Love conquers all, man. <laughs> That's that is not what was happening on screen. That was but, it uh, was true love. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, also not recommending that one uh, entirely. Although I thought it was fine. If you have any curiosity, no, I want somebody uh, to tell me why. Like, like it's got like ninety some percent oh, of Rotten read Tomatoes. Read the reviews of it. People I want to know like it's, what it's I'm Terrence ma- Malick does a horror film is is basically what people are enamored with. That's why I thought you would really. Dig it. But. I like Terrence Malick, but I don't like when somebody's doing like ripping off his style yeah. completely. It, it, yeah. I, I, <laughs> again, I didn't think these things, but I agree with you. The only thing I thought uh, was the, the the prosthetic. Yeah. Uh, was just, but I'm just like, okay, low budget foreign film, uh, whatever. I can look past that. But every time she would pop up on screen, I'm like, man, they really should have, man, just have her stand under a tree. And shadows of branches, <laughs> even that would give some texture to the to the image. It just yeah. It didn't work really well, and her wispy bald head. Yeah, Uh-oh. little little bits of gray hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, today we're reviewing three films. We four, are four, apparently. Well, sorry, I wasn't trying to <laughs> review that one. <laughs> we, Clint and I, went to the theater and we watched uh, the Northman, which is something that that we had been looking forward to. I also went to the theater and watched Everywhere, Everything, All at Once. I was with you. You were with me. And we'll talk about that. Uh, I have since gone back to see it two more times. I've seen it three. Um, yeah. yeah. So so we were both at three. I'm excited to talk about that. Math. And then finally, Cinetron, uh, our pick, 
from last week is a little indie drama called The Novice. But let's start with The Northman. This is from Robert Eggers, and uh, here's the description. Prince Omelette is, and I know that sounds like omelette, but that's how omelette. they say it. Omelette. Omelette. Yeah. Omelette. Omelette. It sounded more like they had a hard T, like omelette. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he's on the verge of becoming a man when his father is brutally murdered by his uncle who kidnaps the boy's mother. Two decades later, Omelette, uh, played by Alexander Skarsgård, is now a Viking who raids villages. He soon meets a Cirrus who reminds him of his vow to save his mother, kill his uncle, and avenge his father. Clint, what did you think of The Northman? Well, like you said, uh, you, we've been looking forward to this one. I really enjoy Robert Eggers, his films, The Witch and The Lighthouse. I think he's been on a roll. So this was, uh, man, when I saw this trailer, I was so excited just like to see a big um, Viking like yeah. epic. There's Which they don't make anymore. No, they don't make films like this anymore. No. Like, I mean, closest we get is Thor these days. <laughs> um, but anyway, I... Uh, was excited to see it, and I I really really like this movie. I think this might be my favorite of his films. Um, I think it really propelled like his style like mm-hmm. in a new direction, and it, it went bigger. His other ones were very um, claustrophobic, and like uh, he used it really well. I love the the setting and the feel of his other films. But this, like, he just expanded on that and, like, took it to this another le- uh, another level. And uh, I'm really excited to see where he goes next now that yeah. he has kind of this um, ability to tell a big story like this. In his style, it was really, really cool. And uh, I was – it went weird, which I was really excited for. I was afraid – like, I was – I knew his style, so I was like, "Is he going to go weird with his his Viking mythology and mm-hmm. go very, really into like the gods and stuff?" And he does, and he doesn't disappoint. But also, it's it's subtle. Like it's not like I don't know. I don't know what I'll compare it to. Or um, in a lot of ways, I found myself on that being reminded of True Detective season one. Yeah, where if people want to watch it as a straight telling. Where what you're seeing when there are supernatural elements is what the characters are perceiving in their mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could watch it that way. Right. You could also watch this film as is very much having a real supernatural element happening. It was still subtle, but still, you know, kind of surrounding these characters. And I thought that was interesting because it it hits on that 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 sort of balance of of deep religious belief where mm-hmm. Visibly, something may not be happening, but in your mind's eye, you have a an, an image of what is happening right. at another level. Um, and, and this movie plays with that and does that really well. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, I didn't care either way if it was real or not. Yeah, like, yeah. it was just interesting that they go into that part of it and it's not just a bunch of massacres by these behemoth Vikings. Like, I, I like that they're going into that more metaphysical, spiritual angle in it. It was cool. And something I didn't realize, I was, I, I was witnessing it happening, but it, my brain wasn't clicking into um, putting into the pieces together that like there's so many one shots in this and uh, I was watching a behind the scenes thing with him and uh, with the long takes the and long everything. takes yeah. and and I really appreciated kind of how um how just they 
melt into the story and I'm not look wasn't looking for them and it was just not realizing yeah. it. And I I really appreciate it wasn't like a um what was the World War One? Um uh, 1917. 1917, where it's not saying that's a gimmick in that film, but it's the whole thing is built around that and just like they're advertising it as that. I like that this was just built into the story and you could just appreciate these long sequences that are are just reinforcing the story and making it more immersive. And uh, I really like that about it. So what did you think of this? I, I love this movie. Yeah. I was, I was so taken almost from frame one of this thing. Mm -hmm. It just, it, it really, uh, even more so I think than the green Knight. and I'm mm -hmm. not ready to compare the two. I haven't watched this one enough, but um, just the way it handled um, myth and legend and, and religious fervor. And I mean, these are, these are pre-Christian Vikings. Yeah. And it, you forget uh, because most movies uh, or most content will just sort of gloss over it. You forget how weird, like pre-civilization, pre-Christian era, pre-Western world, mm -hmm. uh, pagan cultures were. Yeah, and I love that it it presents that uh, unflinchingly, but it also gives you a, a story and characters that live in that belief, mm -hmm. and so that belief makes sense. No matter how strange or or crazy it gets, uh, and and how much they commit to it, you know, probably ironically, the most supernatural element in this that you can't really argue as as being interpreted is he he gets this sword that mm -hmm. is his sword of vengeance, and he can't pull it from its scabbard when the sun is up. Yeah, it can only be drawn at night. And, and then there's other people who have it, and, yes, they, and they can't, and they can't pull yeah. it either, and so. You know that for me was was kind of the little uh, the the crux of the movie where it's like no there's there's supernatural shenanigans happening here. yeah yeah uh, not that it matters but um, it just just the way that the characters that makes sense to them that's a part of their culture and so they react to it as people would if that's a part of your upbringing and your culture and things like that and so it, not only is it fascinating uh, from what he's what Eggers is putting on the screen, mm -hmm. uh, which he did with The Witch and he did with Lighthouse, uh, Lighthouse uh, you're getting different dialects, you're getting different phrasing, you're getting different vocabulary. You're you're really drawn into this world that is so alien to anything you've ever known, and yet it's so successful in making it feel like a fully realized picture of a culture. And I have no idea how accurate this is. This is the I'm most, assuming it's very accurate. Uh, this is the most accurate like Viking movie ever made. He yeah. worked with so it many, feels like it he worked with me. so many historians, like mm -hmm. all the buildings and everything were made by people who that's what they study. Yeah. They were made as accurately as same thing with all the clothes. He would like awesome. make sure like this is perfect from this time period. Like things that, like they were based off of like things they've actually dug out of the ground and found. Cool. Um, and so he went so deep deep on that and like he's talking about how he would come up with ideas for things and it wouldn't match up historically so they would have to write it differently to to make sure it fit into mm -hmm. this world and and I think that is what also makes the supernatural aspect of it really um 
hit more too because you're having that up against this very accurate depiction of this uh, way of life in this time period. And then to see like a eight foot giant that he has <laughs> to fight for the sword yeah. or yeah. Valkyries and stuff, it, it makes it more impactful on both sides. It's, it's so cool. Which so draws upon all of the best kind of historical epic poems the the beowulfs mm-hmm. and the the aeneid and these are all pictures of a culture that when you go back and compare them to history they're they're very accurate depictions of that culture but at the same time you have literal versions of what that culture believed mm-hmm. happening and i i i just love that it makes me really happy to hear that it is as accurate as it felt. Right. Because that was my only worry walking out was just, uh, in my mind now, that's what that era was like for mm-hmm. those people. And it would have killed me to learn that, no, there was a lot of just dramatic license there taken with how they were dressed or or how things happened. And so no, they were on the to ball hear that, all it's, that, that it's accurate makes me even love that movie he more. He even says, like, this is the most accurate Viking movie ever made, like yeah. himself. And it's just like, to just boast that is like, yeah. man, you, you definitely did all your work that was required to make this story. Yeah, well, and this is uh, this is certainly the the largest budget he's had. It's it's yeah. ninety million. Uh, one of the things that scares me: it only made twelve million its opening weekend. And I hate when those kind of things happen because I always feel like Hollywood looks at that and says, "Oh, well, you know, there you go. Don't give ninety million dollars to something like this ever again." No, this right. this was cinema for me. This was different, and it drew me in in a different way. And it wasn't just uh, you know, a, a Marvel movie, you know how hyped up I get. But but even then it's it's just entertainment. And mm-hmm. I recognize that it's entertainment. This was this was operating on a completely different level. And to learn that this is the this is an adaptation, a loose adaptation of the story that inspired Shakespeare's Hamlet. And you can certainly see mm. ties there. Um, but you know, just just little details like that were were very interesting to me. Um and and that's just kind of the the background and the production design and all of that. Uh, now you add on to that the cinematography and the the score and the performances and that is a fantastic screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie juggles a lot, and there's a lot of places it could could fall apart. Yeah, I mean, you but, could get uh, to that. Doesn't. Yeah, you could get to that whole second half of the film where they're just on the farm mm-hmm. and feel like. Initially, you go into it and feel like, oh, it's going to start dragging here. But man, what did they do with that? And they ex- you get to experience the characters just as people a little bit yeah. more and how they're surviving with him in this new situation where he's not this berserker warrior anymore. He's a slave and he's got to juggle that with also carrying out his revenge and what he does with that, with the um, how he goes about that is so interesting. And not like cookie cutter in any way. It's a really interesting story. And there's one big spoiler that I don't even want to talk about in any way other than super vague. (laughs) There is a moment three quarters of the way into this movie that (laughs) so flips things upside down Mm -hmm. as far as what, uh, you know, Skarsgård's character is thinking and how he's proceeding and his entire motivation uh, that just completely floors him yeah. and changes things. And that was that was such a bold move. Uh, that was such a, a, um, a non-traditional 
uh, even even for a movie like this, it's something that you don't do. And it just stared it right in the face and committed to it. And I I was just completely blown away. I don't even want to call it a twist. I won't uh, say. It, just, yeah. it, it really, it packed a punch, not as a twist narratively for me. It packed a punch on the character yeah. that I'm following. I wouldn't say uh, that I saw it. I, I, I kind of saw it coming. Yeah. But yeah. not in like the, like I call it out. Like it's more like I'm witnessing how she's re, how she's behaving. Yeah. And it it just feels like, this might not go like, but yeah. at the same time, yeah. like, are, are they going to go there with it? And like, nope. is it just like, maybe she's really good at like, she's been in this life yeah. for so long now that she's adjusted and, yeah. um, but yeah, it's, it's not surprising because you can't see it coming. Yeah. Yeah. It's surprising that they commit. Right. Right. And go all in on it. Right. And, it, and it how everyone really, reacts to it yep. and is really interesting. Organically. And yeah, it really yeah. intensified. All of all of the the drive that this character that it's set up. Yep, he has to adjust completely. But it it just works so well. Yeah, and and so just just top to bottom, and that's not even the the long takes, the gore of this film, mm-hmm. the battle scenes. Um, just watching Alexander Skarsgård hulk around the oh, he's like, a, literally just, yeah. He is a large man, and I know. he's just he moves like an animal in this movie. He'll go kind of slow and and bear-like, and then suddenly he'll explode in these very quick and fierce motions. Well, that's what they talk about. Scary. His name means bear wolf. Yep. So he's – usually there was – there are either the warriors are a bear or a wolf, and they're mm-hmm. different tasks. Like a bear is just very brutal, and the wolves are quick, and a wolf is quick, yeah. and they can go in and quickly. But he's – the combination of both, yeah. so he is the bo- best of both worlds. I, I like that little detail yeah. that he's just kind of taken on in both mantles yeah. of that. That's cool. Yeah, I'm going again Wednesday. I'm taking Levi to see oh, it. Nice. Um, he was really excited about it, and so I'm I'm jazzed to take him. Um, was there anything you didn't like? I have one thing. <laughs> no, there. I honestly, there wasn't anything I disliked about it. Here's the thing I didn't like. And it, it has been a dislike of mine since the trailer. And I hope one of these many videos that you have watched have answered it. Why does the Valkyrie have braces? <laughs> I was going to ask you the same question. I don't know. I I'm don't know. Um, as soon as I have an answer, I will like it. Because yeah. I guarantee 100% it is not, well, the actress I like had braces. No way. There is a very specific that has to be some weird detail mm-hmm. of or or maybe I, I don't know. But that's the only thing that that still distracted me in this movie. And I, I just need one little historical. Uh, we did that because, you know, uh, I kind of like uh, it. It's just it this weird, weird thing about the Valkyrie yeah. and because she's this otherworldly creature and it yeah. kind of removes her even further and gives her this weird modern feel to her. I, I like that about it. Even that, if that's yeah. the answer, I'm good. It doesn't yeah. have to be a historical detail. I just, I need this question answered. And I went to Google to save me on this and nobody knows. And it's driving me crazy. <laughs> so, uh, but it, by no means does that ruin the experience. I love this movie. I, I didn't notice it as much in the trailers because yeah. like, you know, I'm watching on my phone or whatever, yeah. but Big on the big screen, I was like, "Oh, she definitely has braces." <laughs> I thought because I had watched it on my phone and stuff for the trailers. Yeah. I thought, "Oh, it's something where it's like they have silver in their teeth, and mm. it just from this from the trailer, yeah, I'm, yeah. my brain is reading it as braces." But then I'm watching it, and I'm like, "No, that, that's metal." 
on this this you know Valkyrie's teeth. So mm-hmm. maybe they just really like straight teeth. I don't know. Yeah, uh, you know. Hey, speaking of straight uh, teeth, straight teeth, because the Northman has a lot of good teeth. That's probably one of the only inaccurate parts. But then with uh, man, I keep That's forgetting one the name. Little detail they do go into in the video to watch. Oh, they yeah? they really took care of their teeth. They yeah, Is that, are you they used being the birch with me branch right and they would brush. Uh, You're messing no, I'm not. No. You're such a jerk. <laughs> so in you you won't be alone. Uh, clearly. Uh, these are people who have good teeth in this movie, but they like gunk them up to try to make them look not. Yeah. But in every close up, you can tell they just smeared yellow stuff on these people's teeth. Yeah. It was driving me crazy. Me so too. bravo to the Northmen for just being like, you know what? We're hiring people with good teeth. It's, it's fine. Let it go. Birch branches. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going back to Alexander Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. Like, I. Love now watching like interviews with him. Like he was on Colbert and stuff, mm-hmm. and he's kind of a very unassuming guy. He's just like his voice is completely different yep. than than um his character. And yeah. it's just like, man, the transformation that he went through to become this, like physically and just like uh he actually becomes like kind of like a different person, which is really cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh and it just things like um when I, when I saw it in the trailer, I was curious what the action felt like. There's a shot from the movie in the trailer where he leaps from a rooftop uh, a, a pretty good distance and lands and strikes. It's kind of a video gamey look in the trailer, not in the movie. Yeah. You buy that that this is kind of like peak specimen warrior mm-hmm. who can do— His entire life training doing yeah, this. Yeah, like, I this mean, is all he's, this is all he's grown he's up doing. He's a berserker killer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I—yeah. Love this movie. Recommend this movie. Can't wait to see it again. Me too. Um, I want to go back and rewatch. Like I've only seen The Lighthouse once, mm-hmm. and The Witch I think only once. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to rewatch them again, just like to inform myself of like kind of the his career and how it's tr- like grown and what he's carried through. So um, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. I I loved both The Witch and Lighthouse, and The Witch I've watched multiple times. The Lighthouse I couldn't watch again, mm-hmm. not because. I'm worried about not liking it. It just, it made something under my skin crawl. Mm. It's just that it it was such a, uh, a, a real feeling depiction of people sliding into madness. Mm. It just, I was uncomfortable the whole time. That's the point. Bravo to the movie, but it's not one that I, I'm rushing to watch again. Cause it just, <laughs> it filled me with just such a, a sense of uh, whatever that was. And maybe, you know, once you know the story, then going back through, it wouldn't be that pronounced, but. Maybe Oof, more. It was uncomfortable. Maybe more. It'll drive you mad. Oh, I see what you did there, yeah. Clint. Speaking of madness, I don't know why I said that because this has nothing to do with madness. <laughs> Everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, wow, what a movie to try to explain the plot. So I'm just going to read this tiny little uh, run-on sentence description that is attached to this movie officially. When an interdimensional rupture unravels reality, an unlikely hero must channel her newfound powers to fight bizarre and bewildering dangers from the multiverse as the fate of the world hangs in the balance. Which sounds like an anime. Mm -hmm. Let's talk everywhere, or excuse me, everything everywhere all at once. Clint, uh, what did you think of this when you first saw it? I know you already told us a little bit last week, but... Well, I mean... I saw the trailer and I was so stoked for this. Yeah. I I um I really liked um Swiss Army Man that the Daniels mm-hmm. had done in I think it was 2016 that came out. Um 
just, man, that level of weird is not seen very often, especially at a movie that, like, like the, I know they're independent films, like, but they do a lot with the budgets that they are given, which is, it comes out of their years of doing music videos and just like having to do that and gaining all these people around them that are able to just push a shoestring budget to its limits and get a great image. I was shocked. 24 million is the budget on this thing. Their FX team was five people. Yeah. Essentially. This does not look like a movie that was $24 million to make and five people doing the effects. No, no. It looks great. I mean, it It looks looks like – It looks great in that low-budget way where it works for the story and makes sense and, like, you're never, like, taken out of it by anything. Um, So, anyway, getting back to I the trailer, I was was stoked for it. It looked really weird – and um, the cast looked fantastic, and so I was I was there the first weekend it opened. My brother and I went, and it did not disappoint. This is probably my favorite movie I've seen in like ten years since like um, uh, Fury Road. Yeah, I, I love that yeah. movie. Like, there's man, a movie that like really hits me comedically. Like the action is great emotionally. Uh, man, I, I <laughs> a movie like rarely hits me this hard where um i want to go back to see it in the theater again i i've seen this three times like i've said which is very rare i took jenny back um the next day after seeing it um and then we went and saw it again because i was like you gotta you gotta see this i want to see it with you i want to see your reaction to this movie yeah i could feel you like looking over at me (laughs) at certain points it was was great <laughs> and I I usually don't do that. A movie yeah. never grabs my like curiosity and attention that, that much where I'm so emotionally invested and love every character. Um so I've been talking about this. What did you think of this? Uh this movie. <laughs> um I I think I told you, maybe it was text. Uh, this is this is my Fury Road of the Decade. Yeah. This is my that movie that just I cannot imagine there existing a movie that could displace this from yeah. where it's at right now. I so love this movie. And you had told me it gets emotional and that you had even cried at it. So I kind of had that in the back, back of my mind. And I'm watching it the whole time. I'm loving it. I'm laughing like an idiot because yeah, it's, it's genuinely so funny. And inventive and then, in its com- yeah. comedy. Oh. oh, my goodness. Rakakuni. And then <laughs> um, and, and even moments where it's just quiet or still or dark, I was almost just – I was probably literally leaning forward at times just watching what was happening. But but I'm a sap. I cry at movies very mm-hmm. easily and I wasn't crying. And I'm, I'm thinking in the back of my mind like – this this is I love this movie. This this is not my kind of emotional. And so I was sort of curious at different times, like I wonder what what it is about this that really gets Clint emotionally. Then we get to the last twenty minutes of this film. Oh my goodness, <laughs> this thing, uh, and it, it's not that it makes a shift. No, no, it's not that it it's does throughout. something different. It it just suddenly all of these elements. That for the most part, on your first time through, you're just trying to follow the story and understand mm-hmm. the world and how everything works, and you're into the characters. You're laughing. You're laughing, other, and it's yeah. it's so many ridiculous things. 
intentionally. Yeah. And so, you know, that that emotion when it suddenly hits, it doesn't feel like it's out of nowhere. It just suddenly as things click together mm-hmm. and you start to realize even the most absurd things from this movie, hot dog fingers, is somehow <laughs> You're crying at hot dog fingers. poignant uh. and emotional. And, and I knew the moment, uh, at one point, there's something involving just an alternate universe where life didn't exist and people are just rocks. Mm-hmm. The moment that they pushed on those emotional buttons yeah. at the end, I couldn't believe I'm sitting here crying about rocks right now. <laughs> yeah. And I was. I was crying about rocks. I cried about pinatas. I cried about hot dog fingers. I'm crying through, uh, you know, uh, leaping after a truck with a raccoon in it. Mm-hmm. I, these are not things and that, that should in any way connect with me emotionally. But the story was so masterfully told and structured that by the time you get to those things, you start to realize – Everything in this movie mattered. Mm-hmm. Nothing was wasted. Nothing was just nope. a joke. Yeah. And and it was so impactful. Mm-hmm. So I instantly I'm like, my kid with ADHD needs to see this movie because there's nothing in this movie that's going to bore him. He will love this movie. And so I took him to it and I told him about how I'd gotten emotional at the end. And and before I got to this movie, I thought to myself, I wonder on the second time. Yep. I, I know based on what happens at the end that I'll get emotional earlier than I did the first time. And and I was just like, I wonder when that moment will be. And I had a couple of guesses. So we sit down. We're ready to watch the movie. And it starts up. And it opens with a shot of the the three main family members just singing karaoke as reflected in a mirror. It's this small, happy moment yeah. before all of this craziness starts. Instantly started tearing up. Mm-hmm. And I was that that was the power of this movie. Mm-hmm. That on my second time, knowing what was coming from the first shot. Yep. Which was such an inconsequential shot the first time I saw it, because I had no context. Yep. This is such a movie of context on future viewings. Mm-hmm. My son, exact same experience. And this is a 17-year-old, very different personality, very different life, very different experiences, tastes, all this. Uh, and he told me later he was thinking the same thing. Like, why did Clint and my dad cry about this movie? The last 20 minutes, my son, like, emotionally reacted to this film. Yeah, yeah. And cried. And my kid does not cry at movies. I rarely do. Yeah. Uh, this this movie is I, – I, I feel like I could talk about this thing piece by piece for two hours. Me too. It almost feels stupid to even try to go through, oh, performances and how it looks. And it just, everything in this movie works somehow. Man, Um, the performances though, like, man, Ki Kwan is so fantastic in this. And like, it makes me so happy that he's back to acting. Hasn't been in movies since Temple of Doom and Goonies. He did like some little um, things, but like nothing you would know really. For me, he's Oscar caliber in this movie. Oh man. Like he should be on every best actor nomination at the end of this year. I know it won't be, but he, that was incredible. Like three distinct different people, yeah. like and his like level of just pure like love and like sincerity in like in in moments, like Man, you you actually kind of feel that he's genuinely like that in yeah. real life, or he's it's yeah. so emo- like emotionally rich his character, like every like and just where it goes and how expertly the the comedy, the action, and the um just 
the different levels of the different universes tie together to tell this story and the emotional like arc throughout it. I mean, I haven't like, I think the last time like a movie hit me so emotionally like this, maybe like was like eternal sunshine or something. Mm-hmm. And like, you could say there's some similarities and like, and I think they actually took this at that as a kind of not a blueprint, but like they're inspired by that film. So just to like, Man, tie those things so expertly together is amazing. I, I like I the writing on that is uh like man bewilders my mind. Like yeah. I, I I just like the man, it's so good. Yeah. Michelle Yeoh's Evelyn and Stephanie uh Sue's Joy. Mm-hmm. It's me and my son. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that you need some sort of direct connection to have an emotional moment, but I was having a whole other series of emotions. Yeah, yeah. Because it's really about two very different people who unintentionally have just hurt each other mm-hmm. pretty deeply, coming to an understanding not only of who they are, but who the other person is. And I love that the way that this handled the alternate realities, every mm-hmm. alternate version still felt like a natural version of who this person is at their foundation. Yep. I don't feel like they were messing with that. Yeah, they had different jobs, experiences, confidences, things like that, but they still felt like the same person. They Joy said that, always felt like the yeah. same hurt kid. Mm-hmm. Evelyn always felt like the same, uh, you know, just insecure mom. And, and he always felt... Uh, like just such this ray of sunshine trying to see and make the best of whatever his life is. It just, I, I love that. Yeah, I love how they set up all that too, where like they are definitely this, like just slightly different versions of each of the same person, but mm-hmm. like even in that, like her main universe, she's interested in all those things, but yeah. she never commits to any of those things. Yeah. And they, and and then when it splinters off, like that character has made that their focus of their life. And like you're saying with um, uh, Stephanie Shu, her character, it were she becomes the big bad of the story. Yeah. Um, it's just that hurt pushed to the most a like the largest uh, degree of what that could be where it's all consuming and uh, it's destroying the universe. And even in that universe, she's pushed by her mother. Yeah. That retains yep. that, that relationship right. is still the driving force. Yep. They are in different roles, mm-hmm. but it still totally tracks why this girl would become this villain of the multiverse because of her mother. Mm-hmm. And so even that, it, it, Everything that that you think would just be there for plot's sake is really there. Everything serves the characters. Well, even the, in the comedy Everything. of yeah. it too, like you think it's this ridiculous things that they're just doing just to be like kind of a jack. Hot dog fingers again. Well, that or yeah. like um, the jackass kind of moments where mm-hmm. you're putting like uh, paper cuts between your fingers. <laughs> like in another movie, that would just be for zaniness. Yeah. But it's so well built into the story that it, like it has kind of an, like uh, it ties into the emotional arc of the story and it plays into the plot and it, even, it makes even sense. Your comic relief characters, special praise here to Jamie Lee Curtis oh, and yeah. James Hong as yeah. the grandfather. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are comic relief characters. Nope, they're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, 
you know, so you have uh, the, the hot dog fingers is this the easiest thing to point at. But even that storyline involves Jamie Lee Curtis's character in a way that means something. Yeah. And and by the time it comes to that place of meaning, it, you you go from, oh, that universe exists to be this joke mm-hmm. and this funny visual gag. No, it doesn't. It It has one of the most poignant lines attached to it as to what you could take from a universe that that is so absurd like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the grandfather, who is so one note, uh, you know, at one point, one of his alternates is strapped into a robotic wheelchair that's allowing him to go like superhuman. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's patently ridiculous. And yet what they do with that is so to the emotional core of healing that mother who has also been hurt by yeah, her father. Yeah, it's this father. generational trauma. It's like, this generational trauma. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. The, the visual is absurd. But then they go and they do this crazy thing of making it matter. Mm-hmm. I just – I was I was constantly astounded by how much they made things that didn't matter matter. Right. And like he's kind of a side character, but um, you don't know what his special – like what he does for a yeah. living. So that like – and he – he in the in that all the alpha universe, yeah. um, he's kind of like the general in charge, and, yeah. and um, so his skills kind of translate through all these um, universes. So that plays into like he has the skill to make this crazy wheelchair yeah. or this uh, cyber arm out of like stuff from around an office. Uh, it's it's really interesting. This this will definitely be one of those movies uh, that that just go on my yearly rotation. Uh, oh yeah, it'll probably be more than that. Me, me too. But yeah. this this is a movie that there will not be a year that goes by, and it's a small list, but there will not be a year that goes by that I will not, you know, pull this thing off the shelf and watch it again. Or this is exactly the kind of thing that even if I was, uh, you know, scanning through choices or channels or or whatever the future holds, if I saw this thing, I'd be like, yep, totally watching that. I know because um, it's it's feel good. Yeah. At the same time of like hitting this emotional like button that like this kind of nice kind of sorrow like that you want to kind of feel like sometimes you just want to feel something. Again, it's that sorrow with meaning. Yeah. Like sorrow with meaning is not a bad feeling. Right. Because you know that even the sadness has purpose. Right. And and there's there's something joyous in that. Right. Even though it's sorrow. Right. Uh, Right. It's just – this it's like such so a range profound. of emotions that you you yeah. just want to kind of go through them all at one one time. It's that perfect movie for that. There there are a couple of most people love this movie. I've I've read a couple of reactions online where people just they they were so turned off by the silliness that then the emotions didn't connect. Mm. And I get that. I just I feel so bad for those people. <laughs> I, I really do. Um I love the silliness. I loved I did too. Yeah. Uh, I just I, – I genuinely – anybody who does not experience this movie in the way I did, I, I just – I feel bad for them because mm-hmm. this was such a uh, – just a profound emotional experience. Mm-hmm. It, it did not – it doesn't even register as, oh, I watched a movie. It's – I – after I watched it the first time, I went home and called Levi downstairs and just started to talk to him and I apologized about – like I had words and I was able to articulate things mm. – that I hadn't realized I've done to this kid or made him feel, right? Whether it was justified or not, you know, it, there were certain ways I made him feel, and that wasn't my intention. Yeah. And I'm sitting there having a conversation with my real life child, based <laughs> on what I walked away from this mm-hmm. movie with. Like, 
how how can you ever find something cinematically that's that's more important and powerful than that? Well, I mean, that's the whole like, uh, which is bewildering, bewildering to me, and it makes me angry about like this will completely be ignored for yep. any awards, and yep. those are supposed those awards are supposed to be honoring the highest art form in yep. this or um, achievements in this art form, and this is that like does that? It's an, a thing where you're in, um, diving deeper into your life and how you feel and like yep. things you've done in your life, and more uh, successfully than so many more movies oh, yeah. and had such much, much more of a connection with me. And um, this will just be forgotten. It'll be like a zany, crazy movie, but like, no, there's so many things done. So like on like the top tier of a person, yeah. like of the director's uh, skills that, um, and it'll be overlooked. But it came out at the end of March, Clint. <laughs> That's a year from now that awards come around and they can't honor yeah, movies can't that came out a that. year ago. Yeah, we got to wait they till a month before. They can only remember October through December. Yeah. Uh, I just <laughs> – I I suspect because I love the Oscars. You you do not. Yeah. I, I suspect this might be one of those years that I get pretty angry and enraged just because you are absolutely right. This movie is just going to be forgotten by the very people that should be celebrating it for uh, just – Anyway, I love this movie. Yeah, me too. I cannot wait. I've, I've already watched it three times. I can't wait to see it again. Me too. Can't wait to take somebody else to see it. Yeah. Um. You know, I sat there looking out of the corner of my my kid. Uh, the third time I went, I took a friend. And I'm watching them out of the corner of my eye, and it's it's just a you know watching somebody have a connection and an emotion or an epiphany or whatever it is. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the conversation my kid and I, my 17-year-old and I had <laughs> in the car after we left this movie, it just – you just – as a parent, you can't pay for that. It's <laughs> 10 bucks <laughs> for a ticket and then I get, you know, this this profound series of conversations with my, my son and mm-hmm. have a better understanding of my relationship with my own kid based on some fictional thing I saw on – sign yeah, me something up. with hot dog fingers and right? butt just, plugs. Come on. <laughs> that sell it for anyone? Uh, well, I, I don't know if any of this I, – I don't know if you can sell this movie until you see it. I mean, really? other than explaining how you reacted to it, like yeah. how great it is, you you sit there and explain any of these elements to somebody or try to explain this, they're going to look at you like, that movie sounds awful. One thing I wanted to mention that same thing as as far as like kind of the effects where that was a very small crew who, mm-hmm. who did it. The um, action sequences were all choreographed by two brothers who they they do um, martial arts videos on YouTube, and like they were just self taught from watching movies. And the Daniels found them just on YouTube, and they asked them to do all the. Uh, the stunt choreography and yeah. stuff. That I've been so I've been watching interviews with the Daniels. I've I, watched. I love them. Oh, they're so I've great. I've watched anything on YouTube about this movie. Me too. From the production team, I've watched. Every actor I'm interview obsessed. I've watched, yep. every direct, like I've been watching every director interview I could find with them. Uh, with yeah. the um, uh, Sun Lux who did the score, I watched like this hour-long Rolling Stone uh, interview with them. That was really interesting. Like, man, just the score, like the amount of, they had to do like 200 tracks just to like, and that was whittled down to like a hundred because there's so many changes in the yeah. story, but it all feels cohesive. It's so cool. And this was a movie that was finished uh, as far as its shooting 
right as the pandemic was starting. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that presented a lot of challenges and and still for and this to be the result. Yeah. Because they had time yeah. to flush out like yeah. the the effects a little bit more. And yeah, yeah that that's yeah. it's really crazy. I love this movie. Yeah. There it, it's I don't want to say it's impossible, but I'm going to anyway. It's impossible that there is going to be a movie this year that that is better than this. There's no way when we do our best of 2022 that uh I'm not saying uh, everywhere, everything, all at once. Um, I mean, this year is pretty front loaded already. I mean, we seriously. got Batman and yeah. um, the Northman and this, and then you won't be alone. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Men comes out. Yeah, yeah. So, yep. So, hundred uh, percent recommend this. Uh, our final movie that we're going to talk about today is Lauren Hathaway's The Novice. Uh, the novice is about a college freshman who joins her university's rowing team and undertakes an obsessive physical and psychological journey to make it to the top varsity boat, no matter the cost. Clint, what did you think of uh, this movie that we were very excited about from the trailer? I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I'm just going to get straight to it on this one. Do it. I, I really enjoyed it. I the <laughs> It had me, like, my nerves were afraid. Afraid. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, kind of that same way that Whiplash did, it's nerve wracking, but it's kind of rewarding mm-hmm. to see, um, the levels this girl will go to, to, um, get to the place she wants to be. But also at the same time, like, man, it's, it's shot really well. And it does some really interesting things with the, um, the st- the subtle style to it in the editing. And, um, I thought it, for a, such a small story of just about this one girl trying to become on the, get on the varsity <laughs> rowing team. Um, it had a lot of artistry to it. And I really appreciated that. I thought the performance was great. And I totally believed this girl just like unraveling and trying to be the best at, basically everything that she sets her sights on. Um, so I, I, I really enjoyed it. What do you think? Uh, who would have thought that the the little girl from The Orphan? Oh, uh, that's who that is? That is that little girl, <laughs> Isabella or Isabel F- Furman. Uh-huh. Uh, man, she's one to watch. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if this movie would be as successful if not for her performance. Yeah. There were times uh, the style really threw me off at first because it was a different style than was presented in the trailer, sort of. It This felt like uh, almost a movie from the 90s, mm. um, some of those kind of uh, darker psychological dramas from the 90s as far as their their pacing and kind of the the rapid fire nature of them at times. This this reminded me of that. Um but but her performance yeah. is um pretty searing. Yeah. Uh, she she does not seem like somebody who is interested in looking a certain way. She really kind of goes all in and and commits to this role and and tears herself apart and presents herself in a, a less than flattering light right. over the over the course of an hour and a half for this thing. Yeah, like um, I I feel like I never even by the end the character I I didn't know if I was rooting for her or not. And I don't yeah. think that was the point. It was yeah. just kind of experience a person like putting yeah. themselves through yeah. this situation and like why. And on the, the whole time I'm thinking like, why do people do sports? Yeah. Sports are so <laughs> stupid. You got to get up early and you got to yep. do physical activity that yep. hurts your body. Like yep. you're urinating why? on the floor because you just broke your body. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't look fun at all. No. 
Yeah. And you're getting an infection on your hand because you yeah. won't give up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That seems uh, miserable. I, I was torn. Uh, first of all, I, I very much enjoyed this movie. Okay. Uh, it is definitely worth watching. Yeah. Um, I, I was torn because I can't decide if I am fully on board with the direction it takes from the beginning. I thought this was, and, and maybe this is expectation, I thought this was going to be something where you have a character that's very backwards and soft-spoken, that's never amounted to anything, that for whatever reason gets obsessed with rowing and slowly unravels uh, in, in just sort of a descent into madness kind of movie. Instead, this movie is, uh, I kept thinking of what um, Stephen King criticized Kubrick Shining for, mm. that um, Jack is crazy from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's what I felt about this. I felt like she is already psychologically, she is a damaged individual. Mm-hmm. And I, I, she, I don't know that she unravels really at all through the movie. She I think it physically gets, unravels, well, but it, psychologically, it, she's the same person. It get pu- gets pushed yes. much further than yeah. before, and like yeah. in a different um, setting that's probably maybe more. Um, makes it more aware, like puts it more into focus than maybe before. Well, and there's that little detail at the beginning where she takes tests multiple times, even though she finishes very quickly. And I think that was probably, this manifested in high school in a way that benefited her. Mm -hmm. It, it got her scholarships. It made her an A student. It, it, it was probably not seen as a problem, but then when you put her in a situation like this, where it is taking a physical toll, and this person is, you wouldn't look at this person and think like, oh, they're excelling. Like, everybody is commenting on, you need to calm down. Right, right. Uh, Even some of them are like, you're literally not built for this. Your body is not the type that can do what you are convinced you're going to make it do. Mm -hmm. And so everybody's scared of her. Mm -hmm. uh, Because even even when it's nervous laughter, they feel... That, that something's off. Right. And so that's that's when I started to appreciate this movie. I wish I would have had those expectations going in. I think I would be much more uh, kind of singing this movie's praises if it hadn't so broken my, my expectations. And I don't think that's the movie's fault. I just think I had in my mind what this movie was going to be, and I had to spend a good chunk of this movie overwriting that. Mm. Yeah, I didn't have any of those expectations. Um, I think that like you're saying with she was broken from the beginning, I think since it was all a mental game before mm-hmm. where she's just taking tests and trying to do it that way. And at that point, she's probably self-harming. Like yeah. it, it, they finally, they start showing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was something she hid. Yeah. And it was something that she probably only knew about or maybe just her close rel- like mm-hmm. family. Um, but in this, it like, it comes out into the light and yeah. it just shows the, like the, degree of like of what she's willing to put her body through and um how she's willing to what she'll do to handle the pressure that she's putting herself through yeah that's and everybody's aware of it you had mentioned whiplash this reminds me a lot of whiplash even down to the the last few minutes of this movie um again not a twist or anything it just it really brings to it, it puts a period on the end of the sentence as to 
what was actually driving her. Yeah. Because you you wonder that a lot. Like, what's what's her goal here? Is is she a person who's looking for praise? Is she looking for uh, achievement? Is she looking for self satisfaction? Like, what's the thing that's that's actually pushing her to this degree? And I think it subtly but very directly answers that by the end mm-hmm. in a way that okay, now I know who this person is. Yeah. Um, and it's it's like you said, it's just a, a a fraying, stressful, intense hour and a half leading up to that because it's it's very uncomfortable to watch somebody push themselves to this level. Yeah, and I wasn't um, disappointed by like I was interested in the path it takes. Uh, and I at first when I st- I started it, I was kind of wishing they had given her more of a backstory mm-hmm. that you could connect to her before she went into this journey she takes. Mm-hmm. But I think they did a really good job of through the course of showing her go through this process and this, what she puts herself through, like showing who she is yep. and like, even just like, like there's quiet moments in it where they, she's going into her back history and her story of how she got to this school and um, that really are enlightening to who she is and you learn about her. And I think they did a really good job of tying that through just this story of a person pushing themselves to the extremes and obsession. And um, so I really enjoyed it for that. And I, yeah. I, I, I like the style of it a lot. Yeah. I think – the um man, there was some really interesting editing and musical cue choices that I feel like I'd never seen in a film before. And the director, she was uh, worked in sound departments on movies. Mm-hmm. She actually worked. She on was Whiplash, on Whiplash, yeah, uh, yeah. which was really interesting. And uh, and Justice League, yeah. So well, that that's de- not you her can fault. definitely see a correlation between yeah. that and this. This one, every time it hit the water, <laughs> uh, or, or even just the rowing machines, I love the style of it. I love yeah. what. What it was doing, and that's that's where it felt. And I'm I'm not saying when I say it reminded me of a '90s movie. I think that's like not a, an insult. Kind at of like all. a Fincher it's, almost. Yes, a little bit. Um, Fincher with a little more uh, spark or fire to it. Yeah, uh, where it where it feels more frayed. And it's not um, even like at the time I'm thinking like, oh, this feels like a Fincher movie in no, any way. It's more no. like when you brought up the '90s kind of like. Uh, in the color choice a little bit yeah. in the film. It's very blue and muted. Yeah. Well, and that's when Fincher does that. There's even that scene in Social Network with Rowan yeah. where it it almost shifts tone and how it feels, mm-hmm. but it taps into that old 90s music video history yeah. he had. And so that's why I'm, I'm not meaning that as an, an insult at no, all. I, it's I just I it's it one of way. those. Uh, that was another thing where that was not based on the trailer, what I had expected. I gotcha. And so I am just learning more and more. I just enjoy movies so much better when I don't watch trailer or when I know less. Did you not watch the trailer for this? No, I had. Oh, okay. That's why it had stacked the expectations. Oh, gotcha. I'm even applying that now to my Marvel movie kicks because uh, <laughs> uh, like I watched, I think, one Doctor Strange trailer mm. and I have just sworn off everything else because I just I want to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this... The novice, I, I definitely think it's worth watching. You can get it on Amazon currently for maybe was it like a five buck rental? Yeah, it was five dollars. Uh, it'll probably be free somewhere soon, but I I thought it was well worth the five. Uh, almost wish I had I had seen this in theaters. Yeah, I think it um, was 
worth seeing in the theaters. I it think was, it would have been a little more of a panic attack in the theater. Maybe. It's just such an oppressive yeah. kind of feeling to it at times. I, and I like the button really on good. the end of the, of, the, of the movie. I think it was satisfactory by oh, the yeah. end. Well, um, and that's spoilers. I, I, I love that it reveals it, it was not accolades. It was not uh, you know, yeah. getting something other than just the knowledge that she was the best. That's all she was really going for. And then it's like, yeah, of course, that totally tracks. Yep. Tracks with everything just wanting to that be you just saw. Like witnessed as the best. Like, I don't need the words. And I don't even know about the witness because everybody runs at the end. She's the only one that knows she beat the time. Uh, it, it. I mean, that's that's what it, you know. Well, I mean, not even necessarily in that way, but like that she's willing to push herself to the extreme of like almost getting hit by lightning, like in that way, not even so much that like she beat the time. Um, It's more that like she's willing to push herself and, and it's kind of like they, that whole um, seat, like they're talking about um, respect that, like you don't have to like your teammates, but you have to respect them. And I feel like in that moment, they they hate her. Yeah. But they may have got a little respect for her and what she's yeah. willing to do. Yeah. Well, and, and and there's an element of just intense jealousy that she's that there is somebody that's willing to push themselves to a level that none of them are comfortable with. Yeah, and it's very like, clear. Like all of them are kind of like dri- like just drifting along like they're doing this thing but it's not it, they're, they're naturally good at it they're naturally good at it and yeah. she's not so she has to push and um they're passionate about it but it's almost like they talk about how they're owed almost and when that's that scholarship conversation yeah. they're using rowing to get a scholarship yeah she's using rowing because she wants to be the best at rowing right and that's the rarity. And yeah, and so, then she's kind of seen as the bad guy for that. Yep. But even though the, you can feel that the coaches, especially the female coach, like respect that. Yeah, there there is something where the female coach is is confused by her and doesn't quite know how to take her. Yeah, but at the same time, uh, it, it has that whiplash feel of like I don't like you, but you're really good. Right, and I'm really good, and talent respects talent, you know, and it just, you can feel those moments. And even at like the times where she's not really good yet, they, they understand like the drive and like appreciate that she is willing to go to a certain level to get there. Even if she, maybe she never does because like they're saying, like she's not built for it, but they appreciate or like respect that she is willing, like has the drive for it. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you as a coach think somebody's crazy, you don't hand them the keys to the <laughs> just you know. And she even eyeballs her for a second, like, is this a good idea? I don't know. Here you go. Yeah, I don't want to put up with you right now. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so man, what a trio of movies. Uh, the Northman, go see this thing at the theater. It this is one of those theatrical experiences mm-hmm. uh, that that I love, and it's it's certainly something that that. Uh, I, w- I would recommend seeing on the big screen. Same thing with uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, yeah, uh, which is also an excellent film. Great for the theater. Uh, but this is – See just it with a big it crowd. Like even though it's oh, COVID, yeah. like just see oh, yeah. it or at least take somebody with you because, man, it's so joyous it really, to experience it with people. I I wish there was a way to put into words what this movie is. Yeah. But you really have to just experience it. 
and see see what it does for you. Uh, and then the novice, which was um, I, I expected to enjoy it. I enjoy it in a completely different way. Uh, this is one uh, I just watched it yesterday, me too. and so it's still in my rental queue, and um, I'm going to watch it again because uh, I want to I want to go back to it. Um, so yeah, three great movies. Um, some better than others, but you know. <laughs> that's a pretty good deal. You, you uh, mean four good movies. We forgot to talk about um, You Won't Be Alone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's somewhere on my top ten <laughs> this year because I've seen like nine movies so far. So oh. from this year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's give Sinatron a spin and see what we come up with. This movie, it's called Meander. Meander? Yeah. No. After getting a car ride from an unknown... Oh, stupid. After getting a car <laughs> ride from an unknown man, Lisa wakes up in a tube. <laughs> I have seen this. You've seen it? I've watched this. Okay. I'm trying to remember if it's good. <laughs> Give me a second. It's got like a 75% of Rotten Tomatoes. It is 100% more ambitious than you think it is. Yeah. And... Yes, is it, it is not the movie you think it is. Do not watch trailer. It is not just some serial killer shoving a girl in a tube. I'm telling you this. Okay, I I don't know if it's successful. Yeah. I I'm trying to remember uh, what my reaction was by the end, but it is definitely a different and more ambitious movie than uh, uh, than that suggests. Okay, it seems so, you want to talk. We're gonna talk about it. One hundred percent. I'm kind of excited that this popped up, and I'm I'm curious how you react to it. I, again, I need to go back and even if I just watched the last couple of minutes, just to remind myself, like, how did it end? Yeah. Like, what happened there? Um, I think I watched that the day before going to see the Batman, and <laughs> that just overwrote all yeah. movie memories. Well, maybe and it's so, worth rewatching, uh, even probably, in the background. Probably. So I apologize. This is not an endorsement. I don't want you to misread me on this one. Uh, it's just a. I saw that. I, I remember thinking it was going to be a a serial killer shoves somebody in a maze and yeah. they have to escape, mm-hmm. and it's it's something else. So. You had a glint in your eye when you were talking about that movie, and, and you were like, Clinton, I think I got something you're going to love. That's probably true. I genuinely, I'll admit to that, I genuinely thought you would like it more than I did. I and, wish I And did. more than, you know, just sometimes I get it wrong. I can't, I can't always be right. That's okay. Um, I but, understand. It had all the elements that would make it a movie I would like, yeah. but. I think I was coming much more from the. I thought that movie was okay. I think Clint will really like it. It was more of a like, I think I have one that you'll yeah, you'll really dig. I understand that. So, but I didn't mean to set your expectations too high. I could have told you about Pizza Face from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was an experience and I don't regret watching it. <laughs> okay, two very different experiences there. 
Two very different movies. <laughs> one profound, one... <laughs> All right. Well, this has been Cinebabble episode 53. As always, you can find us at cinebabblecast.com. You can find us on Instagram at Cinebabble. Uh, haven't posted there in a while just because I've been crazy busy, but uh, I should probably get back to that. But you can send your questions there. I still check it for messages. And I know I keep promising we're going to do some uh, some mailbag. I, I've got questions stacking up. I We just need to... You know, doing some of those. you know what? Something I want to do again. Tell me. I want to do alternate endings again. I really want to do that too. We should do that sometime soon. I am all about that. Let's do that. Uh, I actually, I'll check the the email uh, messages, but I believe there's a question that would be perfect for okay. that I'll send you. And then there was another really good question that has just been on my brain. Uh, I forget how they phrased it, but somebody was asking uh, a movie that. Uh, most people love, but because of its its plot twist, or no, it was a plot hole. Oh, that okay. You just you can't overlook this plot hole. Uh-huh. It's too glaring, and it ruins the movie for you, even though everybody else loves it. And at first, I'm like, that's a very specific thing. But then I started thinking about it. It's just been it's been really on my brain. Hmm. So I'll, uh, I'll I'll text you those and okay. see what we come up with, and you know maybe it's worth talking about. So, yeah, this has been episode 53. Uh, We are everything, everywhere, all at once. Look to the everything uh, bagel, Ken. There you (laughs) go. The bagel. I forgot to talk about the bagel. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy your week. Clint, hope you uh, break your way out of that cocoon. I'll get out of here. Don't worry. Just color those wings. Just Just love magic marker. (laughs) I will be pretty. I'm going to be pretty. All right. See you later, Clint. Bye, Ken.